Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello and welcome to We Say Things, episode 194. Suns fan here with Cinderin. Hey! And this episode is brought to you by our In Bruges tier. Hey! Thank you to Xenofork, is officially an ancient creep. Happy birthday from Mos Eisley Mob. Monkey Man says, please tell Patrick to come back to that sweet, sweet heroine that is Dota 2. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. That was not. That's uh, not a. <laughs> that was not. That was not someone on the list. Although I wonder how they would have spelled that. That's true. If you would like to give us your best spellings for that beautiful word in the English language, put in the YouTube comments. Also, thank you to Pepperballs, Charlie Cheen, a T coil. I hope I can find a way to cosplay Mega Meepo at TI. Q Ludes enjoyed the casting from both of us and has no notes. Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Three clicks, lol, but how... Three K licks. Oh, yeah. I, sorry, the text is really Launch small on my screen. Three K licks, lol, but also how is Valve not advertising CS2 in the last major? A disappointing no ad. That's true. You know, I, we don't even have that in the outline. We should talk about... Yes, I'm going to add that. Don't let me forget. Okay. Uh, Magdev gives a shout-out to NADC... Ugh. The at symbol, N-A-D-C-L underscore S4 on Twitter. Check out what's cooking for NA Dota over on their Discord link in bio. What bio exactly? On the Twitter, I, I suppose. He didn't say hashtag not an ad either. True. He probably didn't have room. Dear Valve, marketing is the process of promoting products or services to create value for customers and drive business growth. Disco Farm D. Funny for a segment on a guy that is apparently eloquent, Quinn doesn't know how to spell mold. I guess you can take the Americ, the Megapope. And I'm happy to announce that the International will be in New Zealand in 2024, TI in New Zealand. Hmm. All right, if that ends up being true and you had the scoop, that would be very impressive. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, zero one ham scrotes, bacon, shark tam, freshly seasoned goat balls. Janie, dop, nothing to see here, underscore, guitar strings, Yves Raymond. Ben Broomhead says hi to his friend Emery from Pixel. He keeps saying hi to him every week. Maybe you should talk to him more. Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Cleopatra lived closer in time to the first moon landing than to the construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Mr. Niebling. Pretty crazy, right? I actually read this one a few weeks ago on Reddit. I don't know if Niebling's getting his information from Reddit these days, but that's actually mind-boggling to think about. That's so crazy. Ancient Egypt is so old. You can't even like... The fact that we can't even really put it into like... What's the best way to put this? Like, you know, like when you talk about the galaxy, like, oh, it's unimaginable. Even it's just mm -hmm. something that's like 4,000 years, right? Or whatever. However long ago the ancient Egyptians started. Like, I can't even fathom that. 
It's insane. Anywho, and the fact that we've progressed so much in so few years, Cinderin, you've yeah, you've oh yeah, we've so definitely fast. progressed in the last ten years. I think everything got so much better. You've evolved so much. You know, you used to yep. have zero emotion. Now you have one percent. Yeah. Good job. And the world is just a much better place. Yeah. Good job, humanity. Good job, everybody. All right. All right. Uh, let's start with the NBA segment. I almost skipped it. My bad. <laughs> oh, that would have been. I wouldn't have pointed it out actually. I would have seen if you would have remembered. Oh, uh, people. People are real upset. We didn't talk about the NBA with Quinn on the podcast. I'm like, he doesn't give a shit about the NBA. I don't think he cares. He wouldn't have cared, but it didn't no. seem right to do it on a guest podcast. Okay, let's get everybody up to speed. I mean, he doesn't care about the NBA. Yes, I know. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that too. Well. Uh, okay, so last we talked, uh, I think the Suns were tied in the series. I don't, or maybe they were down. I don't remember. We were playing the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they were they're ranked number one. We were ranked four in the West. Uh, they were up 2-0. Then we came back 2-2. It was actually very epic showing from two of our players. Basically played 2v5 the entire series because everybody was dog shit. <clears throat> and then we get destroyed. We lost the next two games. The last one was by like 30 points. It was embarrassing, just like the year before. So Sun season has ended, which uh. it was one of those performances that I was just laughing at how bad they were playing. But at the same time, I look at the roster and it's like, we have two like god tier players, and everybody else was fucking horrible. Uh, anyway, we we fired our coach, and uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and there's there's uh, I think that this we're doing interviews for five coaches right now. So by the next week, we probably will have a new coach. So we'll see what happens then. But interesting things for the NBA, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers were the seventh seed, right? Yep. And they lucked the fuck out. First of all, they made some good trades at the deadline, so they weren't as bad as the seven seed usually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got very lucky in that they played the Memphis Grizzlies first, who are the second seed, and that's the guy with Ja Morant who showed a gun on... Did I, we talked about this, right? Or not? Uh, maybe. It's a superstar player that was like flashing a gun on Instagram, so he got suspended a bunch of games. And basically, the whole team imploded despite being the second seed. So it actually ended up being a very easy series for the Lakers. By the way, on top of that, he did it again. John Morant did it again, and he might be suspended for like most of next season. Like, huge. This is like one of the biggest news things in sports right now. He did it again. Fucking gun on Instagrams. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Get your shit together. And it's all, all these sponsors are going to drop out now. He's making. $250 million over the course of the next few years, and all of that is in jeopardy because of that. Anyway, that's a side point. Well, yes. you don't technically know how big his NRA sponsorship is, though. That, that is true. That one might be insane. That is true. What if they're paying him a billion a year? I don't know. NRA are very uh, into white people, so that would be kind of weird for them to cross into any other... I mean, you got to get with the times. They might be, you know... <laughs> They're finally catching up, maybe. They're expanding a bit. Anyway, Lakers, they win the first series. They play the Golden State Warriors, who I thought had been horrendous the whole year. I think they lucked out again. So the Lakers actually ended up in the Western Conference Final, Cinderin, despite being a seven seed and being god-awful. They get crushed 4-0. They get swept by the Denver Nuggets. So the Denver Nuggets, who beat us, are now in the finals. And they beat the Lakers harder, which is very yes, important. Yes, that's what everybody's talking about on the internet, of they, course, right now. Yeah, now everybody forgot about you, and they'll remember the Lakers losing. So here's the other crazy thing. The NBA is actually so insane. So this year, we talked about it a bit last time. The eight seed, 
Miami Heat on the East are in the conference finals now. They're just they beat the first seed to start, which is only done like four times. They win the second round. They're in the third round, and yesterday they were up 3-0 against the second seed Celtics, who were favored by so much to the point where so let me just put this in perspective. Sorry for people that hate the NBA segment. 3-0, no one in the history of the NBA has ever come back from down 3-0. Okay. Okay. They, they're down 3-0, and the Celtics are such heavy favorites on paper that Vegas still favors them to win games. It's insane. Insane. So what? they lost game four, so it's now 3-1. But the Miami okay. Heat will likely be in the finals against the Denver Nuggets, which is mind-boggling. So that's the NBA news. Thank you. Yeah, Shannon, it's a bit bittersweet for me because I want, your, I want you to be happy. I want your yeah. team to win. But I also like that you're going to be there the whole time. Yeah, why don't you tell everybody what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, did we? No. But Shannon basically said, so if you guys missed the announcement from, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. We can talk um, about, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're going to go to, we're going to, um, to Stockholm to cover Dream League season 20. Yes. We're covering the entirety of it together. Uh, primarily casting, I believe. I don't know if there's going to be some other stuff for either of us, maybe. But we're announced at casters anyway. Uh, and Shannon told me up front, he was like, Sin, if, if the Suns make the finals, I might travel home <laughs> and watch them live. No. And then I would just be stranded there casting with no one. No, no, no. It's, okay. I, so the way that it lined up is the first half of the finals would be during the first part of Dream League. Right. So I would in theory, miss that first half of Dream League and then transition. Of course, I didn't tell anybody at ESL this, so maybe they wouldn't have been okay with it, but that... Oh, that's I thought one you were going to miss the second half, not the first No, half. it was first half. I see, I see. Because uh, it overlaps. But yeah, that people were... And this is where there's a big disconnect between me and other people in, in Dota. Nobody has anything that's remotely like this, that they, they don't understand why somebody would do that. No, I think when we I talked think. about it, I think we talked about this in the green room, actually, at the Berlin Major, and I think some people understood that you were that passionate about it, that you wanted to do that, because it was like a potential once-in-a-lifetime or twice-in-a-lifetime kind of thing to experience your favorite team win. We just had a talk about it. Like, I just, I don't think I have a fandom of that magnitude that I would miss half of doing Dream League, for example, for it, right? Like, Potentially I just don't the have full thing, too, because they might not have been okay with it, right? So... Right. I would have just, so, <laughs> I would have prioritized so I, this. Part of me, I can't really decide if I envy you or if I'm happy that I'm not that heavily invested in something else. Because I feel like it must be really nice. It's like, it's like a really strong purpose, you know, almost mm. that you have every year. Like you're really just into this thing. Um, but it was just interesting because we were talking about, I was like, if, if someone I really wanted to see in concert, that was like the closest I could get. Right to where that would be something I would really want to go to. I still wouldn't do that. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're just a, you're just a super fan. I guess it's so. your name. You know, that's right. Got to so. back it up. You know. Yeah. But we don't have to worry about that because the Suns fucking blow anus. Okay. On to a good placement. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm telling you, we have these two players. Uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it. All right, DPC. 
let's discuss the what are we at the halfway point a little Pretty bit much. past it we just do one region at a time and talk about okay hots and colds so for western europe we have tundra game and team liquid and quest esports in the top four quest is the team with atf yeah uh, it's the team from last season that almost made it it was ordu thunders they got in a three-way tie, I believe it was, and lost it. Either a three-way or a two-way tie, and they were ridiculously close to making the major, and a lot of people were really cheering for them, because it's always cool to get new teams at the major. Uh, this time it might happen as well. They're looking pretty good. They 2 one OG as well. I'm sure that must have yep. felt really good for Amar. Yep. That was a pretty big win for them. Um... Yeah, so can't say I'm surprised about the top three. Tundra, Gaiman, and Liquid, as usual, look really good. Uh, we'll see what the final order ends up being. Teams currently in relegation position are Secret and Hustlers, which can still very easily change because all of the bottom four currently have one win, except D1 Hustlers that have zero. So there's a lot of really important games coming up for who gets to stay in the division and who gets relegated. But if Secret also don't make this major... Then keep in mind, Puppy has played at every TI. This year will be the, I think, hardest for him ever to even get there. Because if he doesn't make this major, he can't make it on DPC points. That means he has to play the qualifiers. And I think the qualifiers are just harder and harder every year. Like, there's just a gauntlet of good teams you will need to get through here. Yeah. Um, so, really important for them. And also, for, like, confidence, the final form of the team as well and you got to keep in mind if your results are like this you're not exactly attracting top tier players if you want to make swaps uh there's only i mean puppy has so insane legacy that even though this year so far has been pretty bad for them he's still getting really good players but everything in dota is on is on a timer so he might be feeling the pressure a little bit himself as well where if he reaches a point where the results just aren't really coming in anymore can he actually attract the players that allow him to get them anymore um, which will be... I know it's a pretty dire outlook, but I'll tell you myself, I've been there. Uh, I know what that's like. Um, so he has a really big challenge ahead of him. And imagine you know, for getting, the sake of the game and, and himself, I, I hope he can overcome that. Imagine getting last place, then top 12, then top 8, then top 6, then top 4, yeah. then top 3, then top 2, and then not making that last TI. Holy yeah. shit. That yeah, I mean, I'm it's almost ruining. poetic in a way. It's like either he wins or doesn't make it at all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, fair. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would be sad Anyway, that's uh, Western Europe. So let's move on to Eastern Europe. To no one's surprise, really. Uh, Nine Pandas are doing great. That looked really good at the Major. They're currently 3-0. Bet Boom are 2-0. And after that, everything is a bit of a, a question mark. Spirit have only played one series, so they're one and zero, and therefore they're not in the top three. But they haven't lost yet, so technically they... they kind of are top three. How they only played one series? Yeah, I don't know. This schedule is really weird. I, I don't know how they've only played one. Every other team has played twice or more. Some teams have played four times. Spirit have played once. Um, <laughs> they have a very condensed schedule now. They're playing four times in the next week, five times in the next week actually. So a lot of games coming up for them, but. Yeah, so far, nine pandas and bed boom in the leading roles. Uh, and only one real bottom dog here. I don't know how to pronounce this team name. Waleikum Nihao, I think. Oh, um, sounds good, yeah. And then uh, the other 
I mean, they're currently in fifth, but I would say Hydro with a one and three score are also likely to get relegated with how things are looking, but lots of things can still happen. And the midway point, China, a team a lot of people were very excited about, Azure Ray, is currently in second. That's the team with Somnus, Chalice, and FY, uh, making some, making a, a case here that they still got it. Uh, Astra are undefeated, though. They're 4-0 with 8-0 in games. But Azure Ray, Invictus Gaming, and LGD all in tied second place. Azure Ray have lost one series to Extreme Gaming. Uh, actually, Extreme Gaming are also in second. So there's a four-way tie currently. But obviously, things are going to change. Uh, and the current bottom runners are Team Bright, Astra Ares, and Piggy Killer. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna which mention. I think is <laughs> an incredible team name and logo. It's it's so I, unlike China, right? It is <laughs> so random. It's awesome. That is Fly Fly and XM's team, um, with Frisk as well. Yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. All right, Southeast Asia big dogs this time around for now is Bleed. So that is the team with Ice 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 and DJ, I guess most notably oh, for Western fans and, and Dubu. Dubu. Uh, they're currently 4-0. Talon looking good still with 3-1. and And then after that, it becomes very cloudy who could take the third spot. I mean, it's obviously not a done deal for the top two, but they're looking better than the rest. But Blacklist, Execration, 2-2. Two and two, And then Army Genius is 1-2, and two, so they've just played those games. Boom are 1-3. and three. Another Could be another season where Boom just don't quite make the cut uh, after they looked like one of the most promising SEA teams earlier this season. In NA, would oh you boy. believe it? Oh boy. Shopify Rebellion and TSM are currently top two with Nouns in third. Wow. Nouns have not lost yet, but they also haven't played Shopify or TSM. And TSM have lost once and they lost to Shopify, which is actually kind of uncommon because most of the time TSM has had their number and then uh, Shopify have beaten everyone else. Yeah. But this time Shopify haven't lost a game. They're 8 0. They crushed TSM 2-0. I believe that series wasn't even close, if I remember correctly. Let me just have a look if I can find it here. Um, oh, yeah, that was week one. Yeah, Shopify ran them over. So, yep, that's NA for you. Currently looking like Alpha and Felt will be knocked down, but we could have a tiebreaker situation like last season. There's a lot of teams that are pretty close in the bottom. And finally, SA. Would you believe it? Number two. Evil Geniuses in first currently and Beast Coast in second, tied with Thunder Awaken. Everything as usual. Nothing different here. Uh, Balrogs and Infinity are looking like bottom bottom two together with Infamous. But Beast Coast yeah, did lose to Mad games. Kings, though. They did. So that um, is it is. That does open the potential door for Thunder Awaken. Uh, if they can get through Beast Coast themselves later on. Yep. Uh, but for now, we've seen this countless times with Beast Coast. The higher the stakes, the better they are. So if they're pressured and they have to win and the enemy team is going to be feeling that pressure, that's where I will always believe in Beast Coast. Always when it's do or die. Believe. Yep. In within SA, it's a do or die game. Beast Coast will win. There you go. That's just that's just how the team works. So yeah. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, uh, next thing on the list since we, I think this was before our last podcast, but we didn't talk about it because we had Quinn on. Uh, Kips made a tweet, pretty long thread. Yep. Uh, I'll just read the first couple. It is my displeasure to announce that most of the SA DPC English casters are on strike due to bottom tier pay. BTS Brazil has abused the privilege of hosting the South American DPC to lure inexperienced talent and underpay them. Anyone who does not fold gets replaced with cheaper talent. I'm not exaggerating when I say that all five talent on the South American Div 1 best of three combined earn roughly the same per best of three as a single caster on the Eastern European Div 1, and this is after the South American rates got double from Tour 1. It goes on with some more... Uh, yeah. I mean, you have any thoughts on this? That's. I know where this is going to go. It's going to be about mm-hmm. Valve. <laughs> It'll be about Valve eventually, but what what are your thoughts? I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? I first of all, I'm really I don't know if this is the right word, but I'm just happy, I guess, that they're standing up for themselves. Because mm. like there's only I know some people are gonna just have the argument that oh it's a free market, you know, just if others are willing to do it for cheap or whatever. But I mean if the if talent that you recognize that are usually covering these events and that have value to these events start striking and you get worse coverage then you can only hope that the organizers see the backlash like see the declining quality in the product see loss of of viewer numbers etc if you're not willing to pay for what things cost like that said this i don't from what i understand the a lot of the people on strike here are not they're not making the argument that they should be paid the same as a Western European Div 1, for example, because I think like the magnitude of those games and the viewership it draws in, just ha- they just have a different budget, right? Like mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Uh, but for this, it, it seems like you're like the, the, the numbers that are being put forward here effectively without saying what the numbers are sound ridiculously low. Um, so. I guess with that in mind, it's also a quote-unquote easy strike to go on in a way because how much are you truly losing? Right. Uh, but maybe that's also a little bit of a privilege to take to have because it's like, well, if if these people, if this is what's paying their bills, then it's actually a pretty big step to take, right? Um, well, if it wasn't paying it, their bills before, I mean, you're getting exposure, right? right? If that's you're struggling main... to make ends meet, this is not going to, the pay that's being offered to you isn't going to make ends meet anyway, right? Yeah, so, I would think so, based on those numbers. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this leads to something. Um, I, I think it's kind of important here to, I just want to, because I think there will be some misunderstanding here. To my knowledge, just to clear BTS, that is LD and gods, you know, the good old BTS. 
BTS Brazil are not, they're like affiliated by name, but this is not something that's being orchestrated by LDN gods. This is a separate entity that is using the BTS name. So it's probably reflecting negatively on them, on them but they're not the ones at fault to my understanding. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a centralized BTS thing. Um, it's always important not to, to point fingers at the wrong people. Um, yeah. But yeah, really shit situation all, all around, right? It's definitely, definitely not good. Yeah, and I wanted to talk, I, I feel like this, let's combine topics. This was going to be the second topic, okay? So PGL production for Western EU and NA. There's, you know, a lot of backlash because they are doing it remote now. Mm -hmm. So let, let's combine these two things because I think Valve is at the center of these and what the requirements are and whatnot. I, I can't speak for what, is in the contracts these days what's required mm -hmm. uh, when you're pitching you know coverage for a dpc i was under the impression in the past that it had to be studio in studio and then covid came and that's right. the reason why i think a couple regions at the time were able to get away with remote like bts actually did the bts na region for a bit mm -hmm. uh but for the most part, there's requirements that each region has to follow English coverage, whatever other language coverage. They have to be in studio. Is that changing now? Like, it, it um, just sounds like things are just getting worse in the DPC. The DPC feels very ghetto compared to even just a year feels ago. A bit less prestigious overall in some ways. Um, I don't, I don't know what the exact requirements were when pitching, and I don't know if they have changed because I've never been in the position to do it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know for a fact when or if that changed. But I think the fact of the matter is when you compare the previous season from PGL to this one, it's very clear that it's a massive cutback. And the only assumption that I can make on this is that they were not able to land sponsors similar to, to previous two DPCs, right? So in season one and two... Uh, they had what I would imagine was a pretty sizable deal uh, with eSports Bet, and there could be multiple things happening there. Maybe they did not get the return on investment that they were looking for. Um, maybe they are changing their strategy. Maybe they're folding. I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, but that was, I would imagine that sponsorship largely carried the previous two seasons. Um, and it's not a sponsor this season, right? So that's possible that that's what it is um as for other regions i mean this is just the pgl coverage of western europe and na and china right uh other regions have been covered sa wait last dpc season wasn't weren't other regions covered online at least some of them they weren't all in studio right i mean i think it maybe depends i think on the sa language. was online and i think sca was in studio and sca is also in studio this time by the way, they're doing a really good job over there. It's pretty, it's pretty cool setup and so, good talent. Like I yeah. said, I don't know what rules have changed, if any, or if they're just not being enforced, right? And this goes back to the previous topic of people getting paid literally nothing, or in some cases, basically nothing. Like this is mm -hmm. stuff that I think Valve need to enforce in some way. Like I think there's a common misconception, and I will say I don't have a hundred percent confirmation on this, but it's pretty close. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. That when Somebody's pitching a DPC, there's no money exchange with Valve either way. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I've seen on Reddit people saying, oh, PGL paid Valve or vice versa. No, there's no, as far as I know, there's no money exchange at all. And I know that WePlay, BTS, ESL, they've all wanted to do Western Europe or whatever region of DPC. None of them are doing it. Now PGL are doing right. it and it's, it's remote all of a sudden. <laughs> and then South America, nobody's getting paid enough. Like what the fuck's going on? This is easily fixed by just giving it to people that have done stuff in the past success, successfully that are very passionate about the community, about Dota. Like, what's the problem? Think, what's, what's the issue? I think, so without knowing this for a fact, I think Valve, uh, this, this deal for this, for example, for this season three of the DPC, I think Valve might have made, struck a deal with PGL for all three seasons in advance. Um... So if that if that deal is there, then obviously that's just that. And if if PGL don't aren't required by that uh, by that agreement to do everything in studio, then they don't have to, right? It's they got a good deal. I, I, I feel guess. like if if contractually if it was a contractual obligation for PGL from Valve to do it in studio, they would. <laughs> so I can only assume that they made a deal uh, and that PGL because of again. This is speculation, but I'm assuming it's because of lack of major sponsorship. Uh, have had to cut back this season to to not make it a just a, a massive uh, deficit I mean, for them to run the season. Here's the other part, and I understand this because I've run tournaments in the past. Sometimes you just can't make money on something, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I can understand like one side needing to cut costs or whatever, but when other people are willing to eat that cost, then Right. Why are these other people running it then? But that's uh, what I'm saying. If that's a contract that's in place from the start of the season, you can't just be like, you know, if there is a contract that Valve has with PGL, that PGL are running all three seasons, then you can't at season three, PGL, if PGL is like, we, we can't, uh, we're not going to make as big of a product as we did in the first two. If that's not a requirement per the contract, Valve can't just be like, all right, we're just getting someone else. Like, they just keep, no. they can't breach the contract like that. I, I don't, right? That's I, just nothing to do. I don't think any contract is being. I, I don't know if you're if we're on the same page here. I don't think any contract is being breached. I don't think anybody's upset about this, and that's the problem. <laughs> the two no, parties are that's not. That's what I'm saying because you're like, why? Why don't you just let some other organizer yeah, that wants to, to begin invest with run it? Oh, when okay. this was originally pitched, all of these people came together to try to get these regions. None of them got it. Pidgeot got three right. regions or whatever. Like, yeah. Come on. Spread it. Spread so, it out. So, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Like you said, because if there's nothing, if there's no exchange of of money between Valve and the organizer, it is. I would agree that there's value in variety as well in not giving all three seasons to the same org. So, if multiple orgs wanted them, I would have definitely. I think it's good for it's good to have competition. Um, it drives better products. The variety is refreshing for both people working and people watching. Um, and I think you're also seeing there's a ton of positive feedback on Dream League, right? Because it's just something else. They're doing their thing. They're doing a good job. And there's uh, other people. However, I'll say from our, at least from my personal experience, doing season one and two of the DPC with PGL was completely fine. Um, so I don't feel like they like massively dropped the ball or anything in either of those two seasons. But it obviously sucks that... Um, that they had to cut back so majorly this time, which is obviously going to paint things in a really bad light. But... Well, and that's the other part of the conversation. It's like, maybe it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things because you have Dream League. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, 
I just look at the comparison of Dream League and then the DPC. Yeah. If you're just a random ass person stumbling on a Dota stream, let's say you have both up at the same time, which one do you think is officially sanctioned and part of the like the official DPC circuit for Dota? Like, come on. It's not close. Yeah. Not yep. close. But maybe that's a good thing. Like, with the Dream League stuff and with Riyadh or whatever, all, this, all these big tournaments coming up from the ESL side, we talked about the competition with TI. <laughs> maybe that's just going to be what people go to because the DPC seems like it's gone downhill big time to me. But maybe it's too I early mean, to tell. Like, maybe it's just a one-off. I, get, I, I mean, if, if you want to take a positive perspective here, there is a, there's a chance that if this isn't going the way Valve wanted, then for next season things will be different, right? And we will have a bigger spread, or uh, if there are people that are more willing to invest, they will be more likely to, to get, the, get the job. But that's the, that's the optimist speaking there. How the is, pessimist is, oh, this is what we're declining is, to. How and is it's the just optimist still alive going. inside of you <laughs> after all these years? How does that exist still? I'm envious, my friend. Fuck. Oh, I, look, I was just presenting <laughs> two different viewpoints. Okay. How does that little I, I voice inside say, your head still sure exist? I'm sure this is what's happening next season. I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, of course you don't know. Um, uh, well, let's piggyback off of that <laughs> onto more <laughs> PGL news. Uh, we kind of talked about this on the, the Quinn episode, but PGL yeah. made a decision uh, regarding bait and their inability to have five. I think any members in NA because of I think Ukrainian law or was it yep. was it just uh, they were yep. just shut down or something? New law in Ukraine prevents them from traveling and playing in NA. So Bait will still participate in NA despite being in Europe. All five, and obviously yep. this is a force majeure. We talked about it. I'm fine with this because yeah, I think this is a good decision personally. Yeah. But I, I I think this is still connected to the fart studio stuff it's like okay yep. like you're obviously there's force majeure does exist we actually talked about that right like does force majeure mm -hmm. not exist in their contract or something like that like they're just going by letter of the law but no there's no letter of the law anymore it's based on the circumstance so i just find that to be very strange i mean for for me it's actually i mean people are obviously I'm not going to say they're up in arms over this, but like there's definitely some pretty strong discussion going on with this. But to me, it's, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think PGL made two decisions. One I disagree with, one I agree with. And they are different in nature. So you could definitely argue that you could do different things in either of them. I just think both teams should have been allowed to play. And that's, that's that. I, I personally think that if you said, well, bait, you're not in NA, so you can't play, I actually think the backlash would have been more negative. Right? It's like, I feel like PGL just can't win here. Because if, if they say, no, no, guys, you're not in NA, you can't play, then people will be like, they can't fucking go to NA because there's a war. Right. How's that fair? Like, that's force majeure, right? Mm -hmm. And now that they do let them play from home, people are like, what the fuck? They're not in NA. Why couldn't Fart Studios play? And I think if PGL would have let both teams play, there would have been zero drama. I agree. So that's I, just I that's agree. my take. And I, again, the Fort Studios thing we went over in the past was like, it's one of those things where you have a clause in the rules always that it's at the admin's 
mercy to decide in edge cases. And I think that was an edge case where they made the wrong decision. And I think this is an edge case where they made the right decision. Um, it's always going to be subjective, but, you know. Now, that's where the interesting thought process comes into play, where if Fart Studios was secret or Nigma or whatever team that has a large yeah. backing, is there a different decision? That is definitely a speculation you could have. Because I would argue that they would have let them play in that case. But and for me, if that's, that's the opinion. case, then the decision is just way worse. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's obviously an ideological perspective to have that all teams deserve the same treatment, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but they really do. It's a competition. Everyone mm -hmm. should have the same footing, should have the same... You know the same server rules, the same. I mean, match I, th schedule, I think at whatever, the end of the day, know, same rules. Like for Fort Studios, it's not like the end of the world because they're not competing for TI or something. The money didn't really matter for I would assume most of the players. Uh, but I think well, it, I, is, it was good content, so we did lose out on that in theory. At the same time, though, I will say it does matter for them because they actually had to replace a player, right? They, yeah, but they what I'm saying is I annihilate for this season. What so I'm saying is obviously they're playing did for influence fun. their team. They're playing for fun. It's not like a serious, serious team. But I don't think that should really go into like the decision making, right? Because I feel uh, like maybe that came into play as well. Potentially. I mean, I also I kind of I kind of disagree with just saying they play for fun because obviously there's inherent monetary value for them, right? If they make Div One, there's first of all there's the prize pool of Div One, but it's also really good for their brands to be present. So I think there's more at stake for them in these tournaments than you might think, despite them being talent. I just think that has a lot of value uh, on top of being fun, right? It's like you said, it's great content, which means people, you know, yeah. watch their YouTube, watch it, their streams. And so it's true. I think it's, pr to a degree. it's pretty profitable for them to play this, I think. So them just being straight out disqualified for it is, I think is a decent blow, honestly. Enough that they had to change a player that I think they wanted to play with because they weren't allowed. So. All right, so that ends yeah. that segment. That's like a kind of three topics wrapped into one. I just yep. feel like Valve need to enforce rules or make, I don't know, are the rules even public for this kind of thing? I don't know what the direction or of the which DPC... part for the... Well, not, not the PGL stuff. The, the DPC lack of quality remote right. slash LAN or payments for casters. Like, I don't... It's, I just find it weird that it's at the discretion of the organizer how little they can pay. There should be... This is the thing I know Valve really hates to do, and I totally understand why. Because mm -hmm. if you have to manage like this, like a basic thing, like paying somebody like a normal amount of money, then they have to do everything. Like They don't want to do that, obviously. But then it goes into... like right. That's still your responsibility in theory because you're putting those people in charge, right? By extension of who you give the regions to. So I think that the decision all around, like, I don't know what their process is for getting DPC regions spread out, but it's not good this season, IMO. Uh, okay, let's talk a bit about Taiga. So there's some rumors that have been swirling about. Oh, God. And I'll just read his have message. Have I ever told you I fucking hate people, actually? Not Taiga. Okay, what? Good. Talk Let to me about Let me just preface. There, there you go. All right, go ahead. Okay, so this is a message he left in, it looks like Discord. Sorry for keeping you guys in the dark, but I have been 
having anxiety and depression for a while. It just got worse after TI. I might seem like I'm fine, but I really wasn't. That's why my performances has been has been very shaky. I'm in therapy right now to get better, and it's been helping me to get back my drive and motivation to come back streaming and pubbing. It's not fully there yet, but I'm taking the steps towards healing. So what, what were you going to say about people sucking? Because I actually missed a bit of the context. Okay. I saw some rumors initially. Right. So to my understanding, the way this was all brought about was that there started being rumors that Taiga was throwing first bloods in OG series. Uh, mm. Which is a that's a really serious accusation to have. It's about competitive integrity. So if you don't have anything to back it up with, except, oh, this guy isn't playing well, or he's dying in first blood quite a few times, then it's just it's really fucking damaging to just throw something at, like that out there with zero evidence, just as a statement. I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly who started it, where it came from. Uh, there are some names being thrown around, but I'm not gonna a hundred percent pin it on someone without being sure because. I don't want to do the same thing that this guy has just had, had to deal with. So the reason this sucks is, first of all, there's the accusations, and then there's co the community's backlash with it, right? Because then a lot of people read this shit. It's from maybe some prominent figures, and they start targeting Taiga, and they, you know, call him out. They're like, yeah, OG aren't playing well. This guy's fucking throwing, or he's, he's shit, you know, and he just has to deal with this garbage. And, you know, a lot of the time, there's probably a pretty fucking good reason for it underlying here. And now the kicker. Here's the funniest part. Knoxville, of course, went and did some stats on this. He just looked into it. Taiga had the second best first blood ratio at the Berlin Major. He got first blood five more times than he gave it away. And in the DPC season two, he was three and one. So it's like, it's even fucking baseless, you know? It's like, hmm. the numbers aren't even there. If you at least could be like, yeah, this guy's dying a lot at first blood, you'd be like, okay, you know, you guys want to fucking speculate? Sure, go ahead. But there, there isn't even any... It's just bullshit, you know? And think about being in this person's shoes. You're already, you know, struggling with mental health, and then you have to deal with that shit, which is why he probably felt forced to come out and make this statement. He probably wanted to deal with this shit in private, right? And now he had to defend himself, which this was probably hard to write, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with mental health, you know, there's this, like, how to say, there's the thing that people are, like, talking about it makes it better. Talking about it on your terms makes it better. You don't necessarily want to share it with the world. You don't necessarily want to, you know, invite people into your private life. And you kind of got forced to because of some bullshit. So, yeah, that's true. I just, that's why I said I sometimes I just fucking hate people. It's just shit. Like, why does this guy have to deal with that? He's fighting enough battles as it is. Yeah. And I will so. say, I don't know Tiger very well. Obviously, the few times that we've briefly talked, he's a super nice guy. Really nice guy. I've always liked him. Um, this guy's in like the top one percentile of Dota that I could not imagine doing this. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, yeah. seriously? And I know that there's a bunch, we've probably talked about some in the past, and there's a bunch that I know of that we will not talk about because it's not public. A lot of players that have gone uh, or that have had mental health issues. And I think some, obviously I don't want to speculate too much, but I would imagine just from the outside, these are young kids that are exposed to large amount of people that have a lot of hate in them, especially when you lose. I mean, briefly owning DC a year and a half, I cannot tell you how many death threats we received because of basically betting. I would, I would actually yep. put 90% of it, if not more, because of betting. Oh, uh, for sure. And it's just, it's not healthy. And these kids, they, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We make fun at times as well because it is funny. 
But these kids, they have no social awareness, right? Because they haven't developed anything. They're fucking kids. Some of these, like Sumail came in at fucking 14 or 15, whatever he was, right? Like you don't, you're just in front of a computer. You're just, your entire world is Dota. Like even I have a terrible social skills and I'm in my late 30s now. So yeah, I, I can't imagine what that's like. Um, hope We hope for the best for Taiga, obviously. And I mean, this is something that, I think in the last few years, in general, people have gotten better at talking about and making it more accepting uh, to talk about mental health. So yes. for anybody that's having issues at home, just make sure you take care of yourself. Talk to somebody if you need to. But yeah, players have a very stressful life. Let's just say that because there's oh, a yeah. lot of pressure, a lot of pressure to perform, especially when you're on these big teams. So hopefully things work out well for Taiga. Good guy. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Ability Arena, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. Season 6 has cometh. I'm going to go cometh. to the blog post. You should turn on the stream for this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Ability Arena Season 6 has been released. Comes with 8 new gods and 15 new spells, which is a bit deceiving. It's We've taken... It's a few new spells, but uh, before we had 175 spells and it's narrowed down to 100. Now it's 190 spells narrowed down to 100. So giving more variety for each game. And I wanted to talk about a lot of the cool stuff that are in this patch. Um, so the battle pass, there's a new galaxy god chest, which we'll talk about some of the new gods in there. Uh, this is the arc. Sorry about this for the listeners out there. You can maybe... Describe what you're seeing, Cinder. The arcane spawn effect at level 23. How would you say it's, that this looks? It looks like Puck coming out of phase shift. That's right. Very good. Uh, Tavern Arena is at level 55 of the Battle Pass. So this is like... Uh, it was originally called Brewmaster, but it's not... It's just a tavern. So we just called it Funnily tavern. enough, this Tavern Arena is inspired by a very famous map in TF2. No, that one's untrue. Good try, All though. Right. Unlike. The fact that you didn't know two fort will still go down is one of my favorite moments on the podcast. <laughs> you were so appalled. <laughs> was so uh, we have nature spawn effects at level sixty. These are just trees growing from the ground. This is my favorite coming one. Coming in with Furion teleport. Level two hundred is the chess arena, which is amazing. Holy shit! Funnily this enough, this arena is inspired by the game chess. That's right, and it looks like it's an uh, old game. Um, this game, actually, it's kind of cool that you guys are reinventing chess. I'm not sure how long <laughs> this game has been around for. Let me see. That's a good question. All right, I just Googled chess. All right, Wikipedia is actually the third hit. Only pawns are left. I don't know what happened to the king or queen, but it matters not. Uh, the active... Okay, wait, what? Go ahead. When is chess actually from? I mean, I'm sure if you're talking about the current version of chess the current version it says 15th century okay. predecessors circa 900 years earlier so chess is from the 6th century shannon well predecessors is probably very different i would imagine but maybe yeah so let's just say the current version of chess is from the 1400s yeah okay this is a this is a throwback yeah it's a, a 600 right. year old map so you can consider this a retro arena thank you very much okay so we changed something. Click effects now have sound for everyone. So not only can you see people clicking your board, but you can hear it as well. 
I'm gonna, and this one is with a cat. This one is a cat click effect. I'm going to play it so you'll hear it and see it. It's at level 70. And there's a little ball. You can push the ball around. How cuddly is that? And it changes color. Uh, and you're saying, <clears throat> excuse me, you're saying everyone can hear this? That's right, Cinderin. So you can literally go on their board and just spam click the That's mouse? That's right. Oh, we'll get to what you can do if and you don't like that. And there's a cat there. That's right. There's a cat. Okay. Uh, yeah. We have a new sound pack. So the first sound in these sound packs will be the Gaben sound. And the rest are like the one where you get when there's more than five, right? Okay. Uh, so this is the opera sound pack, level 35. All right, let me just say, you show you work on Fiverr, you show up to a day of work, <laughs> and somebody makes you fucking sing Gaben's <laughs> Juicy Milkers. <laughs> do you feel embarrassed, or do you feel like you have a rich life <laughs> that you get to do this for a living? It's so funny. Just It's so good. Jenkins does the Fiverr stuff, but he tells me the stories about They're like asking questions about it. It's like, what, what's Gaben me? I'm like, oh, it's, it's okay. Uh, the second one is the Scottish Bastard Sound Pack, which is level 61. And I'm going to tell a story about it after I play it. So this one has the one Gaben sound, and we made it kind of a rare so that the, the rares that come after, there's 10 different versions, okay? So here okay. we go. Oh yeah, that's a Gabin right there. Oh, Gabin's juicy milkers. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a lot of babies. It smells like cabbage. Everyone here can suck it. Why don't you just bite me? I've got bigger balls than you. Oh yeah, I like that. Oh, that's a tasty treat. Oh, your mother must be so proud of you. <laughs> so, would you like to hear the story about that? So, originally, we go on Fiverr, okay? So this is what, usually we have an idea of what kind of sound pack we want. We go on Fiverr and we look for a voice that's fitting, right? right. We wanted just an old man wizard. I went through dozens okay. of different wizards, and I'm very picky, as you know, with old men voice voices for some reason. Mm -hmm. And... I couldn't find anything I liked. So I'm like thinking like, wait, my brother is actually a very, even though he doesn't do it professionally, he's the, the best person I've ever met with voices. And he okay. really like, he can do like, I'm not even exaggerating. He can do every accent, like from an English perspective, every accent from like basically every country. Like he's done a thing where he does the entire world one by one on the countries. Mm -hmm. Insane. And I know one character he really liked was Fat Bastard, which I don't know if you saw this movie, called Austin Powers. No. So it's just this Wait, fat slob. I've seen some Austin Powers. I don't know if... Okay, anyway. Fat Bastard is in Austin Powers. So I told okay. him, can you do that voice for this? So we call it the Scottish Bastard sound pack. And that's what we have. So that's my brother. <laughs> uh, moving on. We reworked the god avatars a bit i'm going to show it here so when you highlight 
a why is this thing here so before we had like badges show up on the avatars and it made it really messy with cosmetics even though you can see the bots here right. don't have any cosmetics so the ranks no longer show instead when you highlight that's where the ranks show it also shows if you have the battle pass what battle pass level you have if you have plus or not and depending on what god you are sometimes there's extra information so for ogre you can see like somebody else what their multicast chance is or if you're playing at, like you're playing against an alchemist, you can see how much gold they have. Or playing against Icefar, I can see what spell they've chosen, etc. And then the one what thing, does the, what does the 14 over your nickname mean when everyone else is 98 or more? That's my health, Cinderin. Yes. And the other thing is, you can mute people now. So, ever since we came out with the sexy sound. <laughs> <laughs> You know the moaning that, woman. That is a, still that is still the best one you've had. I we think. we had a lot of complaints about it, and like I just want to mute this. Well, now you can pay five dollars a month for plus, and it allows you to mute not only that Cinderin, but okay. the click effects of that player as well. So if they're clicking on your board, you won't hear it anymore, and you won't hear their Gaben sounds anymore. So that's so that's effectively pay for convenience. That is pay for convenience, and please, we need money. Thank you. Okay, let's talk All about right. the eight new gods, and uh, we'll be done with this. My favorite new god is G-Man. Do you know who G-Man is? It looks like someone from uh, Half-Life. That's right. It's the quote-unquote villain from Half-Life. Mm -hmm. So the way he works is actually pretty easy. On rounds 6 and 12, you get a shitty item, okay, a really bad item that doesn't exist in the Pantheon rounds. Uh, so, in theory, if you go late enough, you can have five items. So, one item for each hero, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you can put any amount of up to three, I guess. You can put up to three items on your bench, your item bench, and re-roll them. So, you're basically just re-rolling items the whole time and trying to get the best item possible. And the higher your shop level, the better chance you'll get for, having, for getting S-tier items. That's the god. Very simple. I find it to be the most fun. I fucking this is based off of Atomic War Nature's Prophet, which is the only god I like mm. playing in that game. So that's G Man. Uh Undying he you get him at level 41 of the battle pass. Level 80 of the battle pass is Undying. This one's slightly complicated to talk about. Tell me if I do a good job of explaining it. You click okay. on a hero, you become a tombstone. As a tombstone, you can't cast any spells or do anything. The tombstone itself does a little bit of damage over time, and it slows attack speed in the area. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when you come out of the tombstone, which there's a duration to it, up to whatever how many seconds, there's two buffs that get applied to the hero. Both buffs are inversely related. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. So at the okay. beginning, let's say the tombstone gets killed right away, you get the max of the first buff, which is the max strength bonus and you get none of the max damage amp bonus. But the okay. longer you wait, the more the damage amp gets increased, but the lower the strength gain goes. So if you're going to frontline okay. it and you want it to die right away, it gets targeted just like a hero, then you'll get like this big bonus HP boost. Whereas mm -hmm. if you put it in the back and protect it, you can put a DPS and you get a big damage boost. Or in some cases, people like using like black hole, like, because everybody crowds around the tombstone at the end because it's the last unit alive, something like that. Right. So, is that confusing? Nope. Okay, good. Not That's at all. undying. 
Uh, we have Axe, who's... Why doesn't he have Grab Ally? I mean, that's basically close enough, right? Uh, you become become Grabbed Ally. That's right. Uh, Axe is in the God Chest 3. Pretty simple god. He is kind of a tank, <clears throat> a tank spellcaster. So for any hero, you don't have to select anybody. It's just your whole team. Each time they cast a spell, they get a temporary boost of armor. And it lasts like 15 seconds. So like three armor per cast, lasting 15 seconds. So the more you're casting, the more tanky you get from an armor perspective. In addition to that, his second skill is Battle Hunger. Your whole team, the amount of damage that they're mitigating via physical attacks, thanks to their armor, they cast out random Battle Hungers, which do damage, just like in Dota, based on how much armor you have. So you're incentivized to get spell casting, armor spells, because if you get grow, that's just you're getting armor, which is doing more damage with battle hunger, and you just uh, just synergize it with everything. Uh, so yeah, that's that's axe. So God sounds fun. Yeah, kind of unique. Liking yeah. where he's at right now. <laughs> Quite possibly the most broken god in this patch. Uh, Keeper of the Light, Jenkins creation. Also oh, available. He did something broken again that has to do with cooldown reduction. Well, what do you fucking know? Every Can time. this guy just figure it out? I know. This is in the God Chest 3 as well. You select one hero, and each time you cast a spell, it reduces the cooldown on the rest of your abilities on the hero, but not the one that you're using. So you have Arc Lightning, you're spamming it, mm -hmm. and over time, you reduce the cooldowns of the other spells that you have, which people are using to. I've actually seen a permanent rolling thunder. Think about that. <laughs> permanent rolling thunder. Insane. Ugh. You also get mana cost reduction, so you don't have to have uh, like a mana spell, like Arcane Aura or something like the, that on it. Mm -hmm. So that's Keeper of the Light. Uh, Necrophos, also available in the God Chest 3. He, another kind of basic god, but uh, not exactly a god that we have. Uh, like in terms of healing, we don't have a lot of healing gods. Basically, Medic is the main one. But mm -hmm. he has two abilities, Heartstopper, very basic. Everybody, including your units, take damage over time. So it's both percentage-based and just a base magical amount. And it upgrades with shop level. So everybody's taking more damage, so you're incentivized to get healing, you're incentivized to get tanky this spells. close to the original Chaos God? Yes. That's similar to Chaos God. And then on top of that, we have Stagnation, which is his second ability. It's just a passive heal amp. So this, this god, a lot of people thought was going to be super boring. I find him actually very fun because there's not many healing gods. I like tanky stuff. Mm -hmm. And upgrading the shop really fast, you're just taking a shit ton of damage. It's nice. So that's Necro. Uh, Spirit Breaker is the rare in the new chest. We took out Charger Darkness a couple seasons ago, and now it's just basically part of this god. So you get this ability as a fifth spell. It upgrades based on spell points. Very simple. It's the old charge. So this allows you to... Does it have Greater Bash? Yes. Greater Bash is at the end for the Gaben. Okay. So same ability, except you don't need a slot for it now. I think this opens up a lot of new strats for like some weird initiator slash... DPS or maybe tanky guy. Lots yep. of different ways to play it. Very basic. Uh, second to last hero is Arc Warden. Very rare in this chest. He gets to select a unit. You get a double of that unit. 
the double gets one of the abilities that you have, and you can choose which one. You can toggle it. Oh. Both you and the, the doppelganger, or whatever the hell it's called, the double, do half damage in terms of attack. So, but, but that's you... just the right-click damage, so the spells do full. Correct. Dude, this sounds sick with Quill Spray early game. Yeah, Quill Spray is really good. Even like if you do a right-click build, Fury Swipes, it stacks, obviously. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's a lot of crazy ults. Like, this people sounds th wild. People thought actually. this would be like an Ogre Magi, but it's not really. Uh, because it's consistent, and you have the second body. There's a lot of cool strategies you can run with it. And yeah. on top of that, the double gets the item that you have equipped as well. So double sheep stick. Oh. Uh, that's a really powerful aspect to it as well. So, that sounds really good. Yeah, Arc Warden's really good. And then finally, the extremely rare in the new god chest is Invoker. This one took a long time to do. So... It's actually not that complicated. You get Quas, Wex, Exhort, and you can toggle them how you like. And then mm -hmm. it doesn't show on this card, but there's actually three more abilities. <laughs> so you, you have Quas, Wex, Exhort. You have the two abilities uh, that you can... Fuck, how do I explain this? You have Invoke as a fourth ability. Mm -hmm. So when you want to, like for right now, based on these uh, orbs, you'd get Deafening Blast, right? You hit Invoke, you get Deafening Blast, right. which will become the fifth skill. And then you can do it again. You can get two Deafening Blasts if you want to hit it again. You get the sixth spell becomes Deafening Blast as well. So you get two abilities from Invoker, mm -hmm. and you can put them on any unit. You can put and them on. And they can be on two different units as well. Right, they can be on two different units or the same. But if it's on the same, then you need okay. to have them be different abilities, obviously, because they share cooldown. Right. So you can have two heroes with uh, Deafening Blast. Two heroes with. I mean, if you max Exhort, you get Cataclysm, for example. We have all the spells from Invoker. And he scales interestingly. So the Quas scales with shop level. The Exhort is spell points. And the Wex scales just based on round number. So just how long the game has gone at that point. Okay. So that's pretty much it. All the yep. Invoker spells in the game now. So that's cool. And yeah, mm. that is the patch in a nutshell. Thank you to whoever made that Reddit thread yesterday, shouting out Ability oh, yeah, you Arena. Got, that's true. You got a lot of positive press. That's right. People were like, don't sleep on Suns fans mod. They didn't mention Jenkins. You noticed that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important part. It was like, it's all Suns fan, and except right. the bad hero designs. We can give Jenkins credit for the cooldown reduction heroes, but for everything else, it's just Suns fan. That's right. That's pretty much true, of yeah. course. Okay, let's finish up this podcast with a quick talk about the Counter-Strike Major, yep. which it was the final major for CSGO ever in Paris for Blast TV. I watched it a bit. I'm not going to lie, Sindarin. Mm -hmm. A lot of these teams, I don't know the org. Gamer Legion, Team Vitality, never heard of them. Wait, you've uh, never heard of Vitality? No, I, I don't really watch very much Counter-Strike. Wait, what is Vitality? Okay, I thought you still watched somewhat regularly. Vitality are a pretty big name. <laughs> okay, well, okay, that's surprising. I that's I, very surprising to me, actually. I do not, I do not watch many, uh, many tournaments at all. Okay, so I now, would the say player the names eight, I recognize. The teams I could understand you haven't heard of would be Gamer Legion, Apex, and Monte, and Into the Breach. Yes, but those four are definitely like 
also coincidentally probably the four biggest surprises of the major in any of the placements that they got whether it's top eight or top four or second place in gamers legion's case but yeah this i mean i didn't watch too many of the games either or too much of the content in general but there's a couple of things that are pretty almost poetic about this end of the tournament so i know a little bit about what it meant so first of all vitality are a majority i guess majority is wrong but there's two french players on vitality so they got to win on home soil in the final major which is really cool uh so apex and Zaiwu. i'm assuming you've heard of them sure um it was also uh, Dupree's fifth major win. So now he's the only player with five major wins. Man, and he beast. also, on top of that, is the only player to attend every major, too. He's so, the puppy, kind of. Absolutely incredible. Like, as much as we talk about... We talk about Dota mainly, right? CSGO is also very competitive. So even making it to every major is insane. And then he's won five of them, which is like... He has about a 26% major win rate. Let that sink in for a second, how crazy that is. It's actually, actually incredible. Um, yeah, then Gamer Legion obviously was a very big surprise. They just kind of... Most people probably didn't even have the, this team making the, making the stage, the champion stage, mm -hmm. and they got all the way to second, so that's an incredible result. Heroic get third. Um, they've got a lot of top placements recently, so not too surprising. And, I mean, those are pretty much the, the biggest storylines overall. Um, I was surprised that everybody was really yeah. excited. Again, I don't, I don't get to watch. I guess as this much was also like. Zonic's fifth win as a coach, I believe. People uh, were really excited that they got to play Nuke, and I'm trying to think back. <laughs> hmm. Historically speaking, Nuke has been. I'm not saying it's like this anymore. I'm just. This shows you how out of touch I am. But the most imbalanced map of all time. But it was an it's original been, map. Like back it was in very the, CT favored. Yeah, so I don't know uh, what it has it been now. balanced a lot more. I don't know. I'm not good enough at the game to tell you that it's very, that it's completely balanced. But I will say it's not as CT favorite as it was in 1.6. Mm. So it's definitely a, a a more fair map. I I still think in reality, is there any CS map that feels truly 50-50? Maybe. Um, Season. You know, even the like true classics, like something like Inferno or even those maps don't inherently necessarily feel 50-50. But that's the thing about CS. They don't need to be. So it's fine. Mm. Like, if they're... It's just... It's boring if a map is, like, egregiously one-sided, right? I like told you old, the story about old, Nuke, right? But uh, if it's, like, 60-40, it honestly doesn't matter. Because both was, teams play both sides. I was so. on LAN playing a Counter-Strike tournament, and we played Nuke. This was in... I think this was Source. Mm-hmm. And we lost the first half 14-1. Mm -hmm. 14-1, okay? We came back and 15-0. <laughs> and that's fucking nuke. That was nuke. Yeah. I mean, Absolute that's, joke of a map. That's obviously... Obviously, I mean, first of all, like that's that just one example, but it's just bad design when games are extremely... Well, that's the thing that's interesting, though, is that they've but... kept with nuke for so long. Like, but why? Like I played the original when it came back and came out in beta four with Dust One, the first two mm -hmm. destruction maps or whatever DE actually stands for. What does it stand for? Mm -hmm. Demolish, destruction, defuse? defuse. I don't know. You know, actually, I think the trivia to this, I think it started originally was destruction, and then later mm -hmm. counted uh, started to count as or started to stand for defuse. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. that map has been remade about 12 times, probably. So glad to see that it's actually well-received now. Anyway, the reason we brought this up is because Counter-Strike 2 was not announced in any way. And you might be asking, what do you mean? They've already announced it. So I got into CS2 beta when it first came out. Mm-hmm. There was a big hoopla about it. They made a blog post, all that jazz. Then they just didn't update it. They never added any maps. And then they deleted everybody from, as far as I know, my, my key dot got deleted. I can't even open the game anymore. What the <laughs> fuck is that about? How is that? You come out with an announcement and you just forget about it? And then you delete everybody. Now, the only thing I can think of is maybe they thought they were closer. And by the way, it wasn't announced. Nothing was announced at this major at all. So maybe the good news is they realized that their netcode thing that they thought was maybe good at the time, but it was kind of shit in some regards. They're going to redo? I don't know. Like, have you ever seen anything like this before? Like, that's even for Valve, that's weird. Uh, I haven't played that many betas or alphas for any game, but I would imagine like letting people have temporary access and then revoking it is not unheard of, but right. it sounds like, it sounds like based on the wording, the way you're explaining it would sound pretty unusual, I think. Um, okay. Let me, let me give you two things that make this unusual because okay. you're right. Yeah. That's been done many times in alphas and in betas. Number one, mm. they didn't tell anybody about removing them number two right they made an, a blog post announcement all this hype to cs2 right why do that then do either of those things mm-hmm. might as well just waited and yeah at at the major at the last major of the tournament where there's most eyes you would probably think it's a good business move to have something to present even right? that f- 10 second you- ages video that valve spent two minutes making would have been better even if you're even if it's just a hype video and there's no actual news just giving some sort of again you have so many viewers on the last major you want to get them excited for cs2 um so yeah them not posting literally anything i i also find pretty surprising i don't know if i should find it surprising i find it a missed opportunity let's call it that to Mm. to do something about it but I mean, as we know, Valve don't really like advertising their games very much. The announcement of CS2 is probably in their minds. So that's the advertisement they're going to do. That's it. The game itself will carry the rest. Um, they don't need to show anything about it at the major or whatnot. It's just it's ready when it's ready. They're going to drop it, and then hopefully people love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not based based on this development. It's not like I'm worried about CS2. I think it's going to go just fine. Like, don't worry about it. The competitive scene in that game, unless Valve royally just completely fuck up the integrity of the game or the way that it runs, so people don't want to play it, it will be big. So, and maybe that's also how they're thinking about it. It's like, why should we invest money and time into promoting this game? It's already going to be amazing. But I just think that's a, I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Like, keep building the hype, keep getting more and more people excited. And and keep getting the same people more excited too, right? Like remind them that this is coming out. It's going to be cool. Because um, yep. funnily enough, if you advertise CS2, there might also be more people playing CS:GO. What do you know? There were when they announced CS2. Yes, tons of people. Yeah, there were. CS:GO. Yep, including you. All right. Yep. Well, I had been playing. Yeah. So you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that mode that we played? Wingman. 
Oh yeah. You introduced me to Wingman. I never played that mode before. It's actually it's fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. fast, it's fun, and it's easy because you just need to play with one person. And then you don't have any So when we're in Sweden, I'll actually bring my my good mouse so that we can play for real. All right. Because I was on some shit hardware. Not gonna I, can't, lie. I can't believe you go to these events without bringing your gear. Well, you're a gamer. You're computer. away from home for two to three weeks covering an event. Why don't you just bring your mouse and keyboard at the very least? Well, I'm not going to bring my key. The keyboard feels like it's not needed. I've never bring my keyboard. That's too heavy. All right. It's fucking heavy. It's mechanical. Yeah, so is mine. And what I, do you I, bring? Okay. Oh, right. You know what? I, we were about to end this episode. I now would we're say gonna, now we're going to extend it because. Okay. okay. I would say what this. What do you bring? What do you to mean? An event. What do you bring? Clothes. Yeah. And mostly clothes. <laughs> then my backpack. How do you not have space? My backpack has. Well, if it's. Well, if it's you bring two like weeks, two hundred movies on DVD discs, so if, you can watch them, and then you don't have space. Or if what? it's two weeks worth, then. The luggage is quite packed, and I don't want to bring more than one. Like, I have a backpack carry-on, which is already stuffed to the brim, just to make with. my airplane rides more bearable. It has Steam Deck, uh, my headphones, my neck okay. pillow, my sweater, my laptop, etc. Lap not gaming laptop, of course, because I don't like that kind of stuff. Okay. And then the luggage, a lot of times, depending on how long my stay is, will be filled to the brim, and then it's going to be too heavy, especially with a mechanical keyboard. If my luggage is close... To the point of being too heavy, in which I have to pay more or just take something out. That's where the keyboard comes into play, Syndrome. That's where it goes How over. How heavy the... is a keyboard? And like... this is what I'm going to tell you that people are going to get really upset with. I think the most overrated part. I'm not saying it's not important. Don't take words mm -hmm. out of my mouth, Syndrome. Now you're trying to. Okay. Most overrated peripheral is the keyboard, by far. I mean, I would agree with that. I think the mouse is easily number one, not even remotely close, and then. The second most important is the headset. I, I kind of would agree with that. If, I, if you told me you have to go to an event and you can bring two peripherals, I would bring the mouse and the headset, and then I would use any mouse pad there plus keyboard. Yeah, I, think. I, I would. But most of the, like, the keyboards that just, we get at these events, because I know they're going to give us a keyboard, it's like, fine, it's mm -hmm. whatever. It's not as yeah. good as my keyboard at home, but it's good enough. The mouse makes a huge difference, especially in FPS games. Like I cannot play without... In Dota as well, even. Soda, not but as much. Let's be real. It's less important, but it's still very important. Okay, well, okay. I don't. I just don't. I don't <laughs> get why you don't have space in your backpack. So when I bring my backpack, backpack? here's what I no can bring way. to an event. I can bring a laptop, mechanical keyboard, mouse, headset, recording microphone, mouse mm -hmm. pad, and I have space for a couple of shirts in there as well if I need. Do I just have a really big backpack? We can compare once we're in Sweden. I'm. I'm telling like, you, my. My backpack is like exploding. I mean, I guess if you're bringing the Steam Deck and the laptop, that's yes, that is quite. And I have a, a case for my very important headphones, my yeah. noise canceling, my neck pillows in there, you my can hoodies still in there. Stuff the keyboard in there. I refuse. <laughs> all my all my pills. That's a take. I'm a yeah. pill popper. You know, on the I mean, plane. Then, okay. The fact that you have a neck pillow, I think that might actually be the kicker. If you didn't need to bring the neck pillow in your bag, you would have space. But here's the thing about the neck pillow: you are allowed to just bring that tied to your bag on the outside. You can literally just tie it with string and have it hang on the side. Tons of people do that. Yeah, I know, but then I'm afraid it's gonna like rub against something and then get really dirty, and then I can't use it anymore. <clears throat> okay. The point is, I don't care well, about case. the keyboard. Okay, it's not worth it to me to carry this fucking okay. five-pound thing, however heavy it is. Let's see, right. 
But this I... is pretty heavy. This is like three pounds, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Sounds like a really heavy bag. I I can understand. I mean, you you can take those a look at my bag and are... see how full it is. All right. You those can... three pounds are the kicker. When I get into the hotel room, uh... before I even unpack, before I even take my off the plane dump and shower, I'm gonna invite you into my room. And you can look at my backpack and see the state of it. And I don't want to be luggage. in your room before you take the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do things in the right order. I just want to get you know the authentic look here. All right. Mm, yes. That does it for this episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Suns Fan Center is signing out. Peace. Bye. We say things that don't mean Subscribe. anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.